Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to Empowered Love Radio Show. This is the first ever radio show I've done live from LA. It's so exciting. I just, you know, I'm just pinching myself at the moment. Here I am sitting up 18 floors looking out a beautiful balcony and it's a sunny day now, a little bit smoggy, but I'm looking out on West Hollywood and I just can't believe I'm here. I'm so excited to be here and what's beautiful is I'm meeting up with a lot of you from the community on Friday night and Saturday for lunch and we're going to be able to have that incredible hug in person and we know the journey, we know what we've been through and it's just so beautiful that there's so many people surviving and so many people thriving now and uh, I'm just loving being in LA and the energy here and the people here and what I've been experiencing is just really, really mind-blowing and uh, I'm, ju- I'm just thrilled that I can do the second dating show here live. And uh, please know that if you want to ring in during this show, the number is 347-989-1262 and it'd be lovely to hear from you. Now, uh, normally I do pre-recording to get a better quality in the sound, so I hope that the sound's going to be okay. And if we do have problems and we really do need this show to be clearer, I'll uh, be re-recording when I get back to Australia and do it the normal way I normally do it. So anyway, let's get into this radio show, which is my dating show part two. And it's quite revealing. And I'm glad that I can be authentic and really share with you because I know that that can help your journey as much as it helps mine. So... With this shift, this is the the second part of the shift towards my relationship truth, part two, and it'll be coming out in a blog article tomorrow. And I really hope that you enjoyed part one of this uh, journey because I hope that if you're single and you're ready to start magnetizing a wonderful relationship, that it could really assist you with your deliberate relationship creation and intention so this show and the article is about the actual details of my dating experiences and there may need to be a part three to this series I'm really not sure like it's all unfolding on the go here because after all I'm now here in the United States and there's plenty of socializing taking place in amongst my business meetings and even though I am internet dating in Australia the truth is my beloved could turn up anywhere and I'm into I could meet him I could bump into him in the in the lift here I don't know and I'm intimately aware that the field which is source life and God has permutations possibilities and chance meetings available that I could not even possibly dream of I remember back in Australia I was listening to a radio program that was so interesting a couple of years ago and it was about people ringing up and saying, where did you meet? 
And there were some of the most incredible stories about how people met each other. And I think we really know that there is the hand of source in there often at those times. So I know that I could meet my future partner anywhere truly and in any country and I'm going to be doing a lot of travel now so anything could happen. But let's have a look at what I have been up to. Now I did a post on Facebook yesterday which uh, was one of Gay Leets and my inspirations that we came up together. We were in the car and we were coming back from Vegas to LA and we were having this incredible conversation. And what this post was about was about how it isn't appropriate to wait for a person to come along in order to get a life. And that was how I used to be unconsciously generating. Because the truth is that when we build and we start being our life, then the person who fits in with our life, who's compatible with it, is going to come along. And now that is exactly what I'm doing and it's what I 100% believe. So it's really vital to understand that to be able to receive the opportunities that our intentions are generating with life, it is really important to free ourselves of fear and to be connected to the field of life with love, happiness and openness because that's the very recipe for miracles. That's how we're actually talking to the, the generative, the life-affirming, life-giving, love-giving energy of life. We're at the same vibration. When we're happy, we're open and we're in love, which means that we're not being fear, we're being love. And that means that we've got to not be in analysis while we're doing that. We've got to be in our hearts and not in our heads. So if we're in our heart, not only does this communicate a big yes to life for love to come in, it also means that there are unlimited ways that we can experience heart connection, joy, laughs and oneness with even total strangers. And the gorgeous thing is that when we have no agenda, we can be open and friendly to everyone, regardless of whether or not there are love potential. So we're not looking at people and going, well, it's not worth my time talking to you because you're not what I'm looking for. That's when we're in agenda. That's when we're in our heads. And that's when we're being conditional. Conditional love rather than unconditional. Miracles don't happen within conditional love. So when we're in our heart and we're just connecting to everybody without agenda from a heart space of connecting and creating oneness, we really get to experience that freedom and that joy of connection and that's a flow of well-being and it's a flow of life force and it is really special when we're doing that. Now, as I talked about last week, when we are secure in our own bodies and source is flowing through us and we know that we have all resources to look after ourselves and honor ourselves in the field and when we know that life does adore us and does have our back and does want the highest flourishing for us then we can be fearless and we can connect now of course we may have to really do a lot of work to get to that point and I absolutely had to do a ton of work on myself to be able to be in the field in that way because if we haven't cleared our inner blocks 
well then it is frightening to connect and it is frightening to be free at that level. So our goal is to become fearless. Now fearless is not reckless. There's a huge, huge difference. Being reckless Okay, so I'm not actually sure where I cut out. I'm going to go back up to Okay, I'm going to go back up to I'm just going to intuit this where I thought where I was. I talked about the post on Facebook where it's not appropriate to uh, wait for somebody to come into our life to get a life that we have to build and create our life and be our own life to make it happen and I was talking about how we have to learn how to be fearless in the field and being fearless in the field means that we're connected and we're coming in from a heart space and we're being open to connect to people without agenda so that means that everybody in the field is an opportunity to connect and to express love and to be authentic and to experience that beautiful connection in the field because we can't be an island you know where I used to be on so much of a subconscious level is I'm really sort of fearful I don't really want to connect to certain to people or a lot of people and I just wish that a man could come into my life and give me that connection and give me that life and I sort of really want to hide from the rest of life and I want him to help me get out into life and that's being really really honest that was where I was and what I've learned through so much of this journey, especially second time around, is that if I want miracles to happen in my life, and I do, which means being the extension of myself in the biggest way possible that I can be in the field, that means that I have to be connected to the field as much as what I can, which means being in that heart space without agenda, which means that everybody that you meet in life is a relationship opportunity. And I don't mean the ultimate relationship opportunity even though it could be you could meet somebody in the field as a friend or as a connection or a contact that will take you through into the ultimate experience of a partner relationship but that's not what it's about even that is saying well that's agenda what our agenda what our purpose needs to be is that I just want to connect with the field I want to give and receive love I want to be part of that system because that's where miracles happen so in order to be able to get into that space without a gender and connected to the field what we need to do is we need to be secure in our own bodies we need to have source flowing through us and we know that we've got the resources to look after ourselves so what that means is we've got healthy boundaries what that means is that we've got an ability to say no, we've got an ability to question, we've got an ability to speak up and we're no longer fearful of being rejected or abandoned or punished or criticised for being true to ourselves. And we also need to know that life adores us and has our back. So what that means is that life is positioned to grant us full flourishing now it can't do that when we're in fear because we're disconnected from that flow of well-being and source we need to be in love we need to be in our hearts we need to be in the field in that way and then life provides full flourishing for us so 
That's what being fearless is, and that's not reckless. Reckless is being in the field when we haven't dealt with our inner wounds, when we're trying to cover them up and hide them, and we're trying to maladapt in ways to get our needs met while we're still carrying these wounds and fears. What happens with that is we self-abandon, we don't trust ourselves, listen to ourselves and then what we do is we expect other people to step in and take responsibility for our wounds and look after us which of course they never do so that's what happens when we hand our power over and that's absolutely what we do not want to do in the field we want to be in our power and not handing our power over at all so after I updated my profile What happened was I knew that I didn't have time to contact men and I really didn't want to sit there late at night looking at profiles going, okay, well, I'll contact you, you and you. I put my profile up and I'm very, very busy. And I grant a lot of time to myself. I do a lot of stuff that I love doing, which means exercise, which means yoga, which means meditation, which means catching up with family and friends, going to cafes and other things that I do. And I have a very, very busy time with this business and with this mission. So I decided I wouldn't search for encouraging men because I really wanted to spend my time living and enjoying. And that's why I left it up to men to contact me. Now, definitely getting clear and stating my truth changed the quality of contact that I was getting from people, that I was getting from men. And I've never actually previously had difficulty with men contacting me in an objectifying and in a sexual way. So that wasn't the change. And even pre-NARC and even during dating NARC, you know, I didn't have that issue. I didn't have that problem. And I just want to elaborate on that a little bit because I know many women. I've also have friends and had friends that have beliefs that internet dating is all about sex and all men on there are players and they're just after one thing. Now, I don't have those beliefs. Of course, those people exist. They exist everywhere. But I've always been very, very clear that if I'm approached in that way, that I simply completely detach. I don't play with it. I don't even respond. I don't even reply. And because I got very clear on that years ago, um, the first couple of times it ever happened, that was it. Those people were just deleted immediately because I want to be valued as a human being, not as an object. And it just doesn't happen to me. I don't get contacted in that way. And I don't have any emotional charge around it. It's not an issue. I don't attach to it. It's very, very clear cut. And it's really important to understand that it's the things that we do get sucked in by, hooked by and emotionally charged up on, They're the things that keep presenting, they keep coming at us because what life is always saying to us by by giving us those things is you haven't evolved this wound yet. The fact that it triggers you means you've got a wound on it and we're going to keep giving you all the evidence of that wound so you can heal that wound. So we always know that if we're getting triggered on things and they really frustrate us and annoy us, it's because... We've got work we need to do on those things, especially the things that really freak us out or rile us up. I have a lovely girlfriend who went through a little bit of stuff with scammers 
um, men's scammers, dating scammers, and she hasn't healed that wound and she doesn't want to date because of scammers, you know. But um, she needs to up-level and evolve that wound. Otherwise, it's, it's always going to come at her if she dates while she's carrying that wound. So it's really interesting how we all have our Achilles heels that show up, whereas other things just don't when we're very, very clear and we're solid on particular topics. So the difference that my very clear relationship intention statement generated was the men who were contacting me were more obviously real. And if you remember, I talked about that last week, about how I was very, very clear despite my male friends saying to me, this isn't going to work, this is too much for men to handle, etc. And I knew I was very, very, very clear about my intention and what it meant and what it stood for. And I wasn't going to compromise that in any shape or form. So men are turning up and have been turning up and they're much more real. Now, how I know they're more real is that they're more open in their language. They're exposing about more about who they are as people. And there's much less emphasis on what I drive, I own, or I earn. Now, it's not to say that these men, a lot of them aren't successful. Quite a few of them are, but they're not sourcing their significance through that and trying to win me specifically through that so some of these men did express spiritual interests and values and they're also not trying to be overly funny impressive or flattering which actually is quite a nut trait so in other words they were just a lot more comfortable to just be themselves and big yay because that's just so refreshing and these men as a whole didn't seem to represent my old security and identity fears which was I need a man to survive so I used to be really susceptible to you know what I own or what I drive or what I earn and they weren't men's profiles and language contained ego and arrogance and competition and superiority and those telltale signs are things like why I'm better than other men and somebody's really trying to sell themselves and set themselves apart from the pack. So, so far, so good. Life was really collaborating beautifully with me within the, within the energy, this container of my new intention. So I'm really totally aware that in order to evolve past our previous patterns, life always diligently supplies the test. And now this is where we've got the choice when the tests turn up in our life. We can either hate the tests or we can thrive on the tests. Now, I really hope that this is going to inspire you to choose to thrive on the tests because the only way we get to pass tests and go up to the next level is to experience the test. And it's really naive and it truly lacks courage if we choose to believe that just because we don't want something in our life anymore that it's never going to show up. So the truth is, it's, it, that's very much like, you know, our wounds and our inner pain and somebody say, you know, I'm sick of this stuff coming up. I'm sick of this stuff coming up. Now, as soon as we say that, I'm sick of this pain coming up, 
we're trying to resist it, we're trying to detach it, we're not going through it, we're not healing and up-leveling it and it's only going to come at you 10 times harder. So it's the same with these tests. We have to be prepared to accept them and welcome them and embrace them without the resistance and actually even look forward to them because the sooner they come and the sooner that, that you pass the test, the sooner you are released to the next level and that's really exciting. Because the truth is, you have to walk under ladders on your path, you know, and that's an expression, walking under a ladder, I'm scared to walk under that ladder. We've got to walk under those ladders calmly and powerfully if you no longer want ladders to appear on your path. That's the way it goes. And this is why I want to share these experiences with you, my tests and inspire you to grab these up-leveling opportunities with both hands and even joyfully expect them to show up in the field for you. Because so many people state, I'm sick of this. Why do these same, same people keep turning up? I don't want to meet these tests anymore. Okay, so I'll tell you why they turn up differently. They keep turning up in your life. They turn up so this time you can do it differently. Because you know what? Situations and things don't change. What changes is you change. And then when you change, everything changes. So you have to have an opportunity to do it differently. You have to have the opportunity to change. And when you do that, then you graduate. Then the field reflects your change. Okay. So don't assume ever that when you get the same thing coming at you, that it's the universe treating you horribly. How many people say that? You know, like the universe is some sort of outer experience. The universe knows what I want now. Why does it keep bringing this to me? All right, the universe is bringing this to you specifically because you have a different intention and you need to do it differently to reset the field. And this is actually the most loving thing and the most powerful thing that life, can co-create with you is to bring the same experience to you so you can do it differently. Now I've received two tests since dating and there's been standouts. Now the reality is when you're dating there's tests all the way. Absolutely there is. This is one of the experiences, one of the most incredible experiences for you to grow and heal stuff and have that self-reflection back to you about anything that you haven't healed yet takes a lot of courage to date, takes a lot of wanting to evolve to date consciously. There's tests all the time. And certain tests are easy, especially if you're conscious, and certain ones are really going to challenge your old programs. And what that was for me was Source God Life was really saying, okay, have you really got this yet, Melanie? Have you really got it? Because you're not passing go unless you've got it. And in fact, if I didn't get it, what was I going to do? Just go back and repeat the old patterns. And we all know how that ends up looking awful. So the first test actually occurred before I updated my profile with the new pictures and my new intention. And it was at a time only a few months uh, past the last narcissistic relationship and I was doing a huge amount of work on myself and I was not seriously focused on dating. Now, it was a man who I'd met previously years ago. And at that time, years ago, I'd had a really powerful attraction to this guy. 
And when he reappeared in my life this time, I felt the same identical experience. He's attractive, he's tall, he's articulate, he's a gentleman, which is very appealing to me. Had a lot of, he's got a lot of class about him. Spiritual, humble, and super intelligent emotionally and mentally. So he's into personal development, he's into spirituality. And in fact, when I met him years ago, the attraction and the connection was mind-blowing. But the timing was not right for either of us, even though we both felt that connection and that attraction. Now, this time, even though I was single, he was very honest about not being sorted in a current separation process and various other challenges in his life. And timing, again, was off. But despite this, he wanted to stay connected. He wanted to see me while he sorted out what he needed to do. Now, it was tempting. But again, my gut was squirming. Now, the old me would have been tempted or could have been tempted. Previously, in a relationship, I wasn't tempted because I don't do adultery or sneaking around. That's not a value I have. It was an easy thing years ago. When the opportunity came, timing was right for him. It wasn't right for me. This time I was single, but I knew that he was embroiled in a lot of stuff. Now, the old me could have gone into limitation and fear that a connection this powerful that could be so right had actually only ever happened twice in my life up to now. The first time was my first boyfriend when I was from 17 to 19. That was an incredible connection. And he was a great guy. And there's this guy now. And maybe, maybe it would never happen for me like that again. But I, I, again, my gut was squirming and I stayed true to my own development and my journey. So I knew what I needed to do with it and it felt really calm and clear. So I let him go. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I let him go on the understanding that if and when he was sorted, that he could seek me out. And if I was single, we could explore it further. Now, he respected that and he let go, which was great. Now, that was months ago and neither of us have contacted each other since then, which is fantastic. So after making this decision, it wasn't hard for for me to move on. You know, within 24 hours, I'd, I'd let go completely and I was very, very clear. And I really think about him, knowing that if he is the man for me, life will deliver. And if not, I've saved myself from a painful time of being in love with someone with unfinished, messy business. And we know when we've made the right decision because there's total peace around those decisions when we make the right decision. You know that. You know it feels really calm and clear and solid and there's no stuff with it. So, you know, it was really important for me to make that decision and I anchored into it and it felt absolutely wonderful. I went and saw, I've got a caller on. I'm going to pick you up in a minute. I'll just finish this little bit that I've got here. Um, I went and saw Marianne Williamson last night in LA. She does a study group and it was absolutely beautiful. I just loved it. Gaylete and I went and it was it was just awesome. And she stated last night, she said there was a lady that had some confusion who asked a question and as Marianne said to her, if you haven't got peace that on this, there's something you need to look at about it. I totally agree with that. It is so, so true. So I'm just going to pick up this caller before I go any further and um, 
Okay, so I'll do that now. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, who am I speaking to? Hey, Melanie, this is Elena, and I'm looking forward to meeting you on Friday. Oh, Elena. Elena? Did I say your name yes. right? Elena, yes, you did. gorgeous to have you on. Thank you so much for ringing in. I can't wait to meet you either. Yes, I am so excited when you sent out that email that you're coming to LA. I, I'm like, I, that can be real. <laughs> oh, be gorgeous to meet you. We're going to meet so, it's going to be just lovely meeting so many people from the community. I think there's going to be a few hugs and tears. Yeah. Yeah. We've been through an amazing, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing, amazing. I've got goosebumps just talking to you. Yeah, and uh, uh, Melanie, you know, I I wanted just to thank you for putting your life out there like this because I'm not sure you realize how much you're actually doing for people that you don't even know who live all over the world and you're just doing so much. You're saving lives. Oh, Elena, you know, it's funny you say that because until recently, you're right. You know, I haven't really been able to anchor into it and feel it. And lately, you know, really, and that's my 2014 orientation is to open up to the field, really connect to it and really say yes to that. Now I understand. And, you know, I'm going all the way with this now. There's no holding back. Good, good, because it's just, it's an amazing experience. And I am the most helpful um I, I, I bought one of your programs, but somehow the most helpful piece of information was the no contact book. And um, I yeah. think it was even free. You, I didn't need to subscribe to anything. And um, I, I learned so much, and it helped me get out of a really bad situation. The book was pretty much written. It's like you were there, and you wrote the book off of the person I was with. And then I, my, a lot of people in my family um, speak Russian, but they don't, unfortunately there's no translated version. So I had a book reading with my family where we actually sat down and I was reading the book and out loud while translating it. So that's how, how helpful it was. I'm, I'm so glad. And I think it's really, it is so important when you know, other people around people being abused can start to get a picture and start to get an understanding of how to support and how to be there because it is such a phenomenon that it is is like nothing people can understand unless they get an intimate, closer look at it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just wish we were taught in schools about the the possibility of meeting somebody like this and how Mm. to deal with this because we just, we encounter something like this and we're completely unprepared and if you get out alive, you're lucky. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. I think it really is. It's that really hidden secret that, you know, people don't want to look at and people don't understand and... You know, it's just one of those messy things that just isn't out in the open enough. And 
And also, too, you know, we've really come from a society conditioning, which is so much about not taking personal responsibility. So it's so much out of seeking and instant gratification. And there's so much that has just created and generated narcissism yeah. and codependence. And, you know, yeah. really, it's about all of us just learning and educating and bringing up future generations to know that we've got to anchor in to start being sources to ourselves and taking responsibility and knowing how to have an emotional relationship with ourselves so that we're not uh, susceptible to people overtaking us for their own salvation or attempted salvation and we're not trying to source our salvation through false sources. Yeah, and the, that's what you, I think you said that um, in your most recent article uh, sharing your dating experience, you said you wrote your dating profile, and mm. I pretty much memorized that article because it was just so amazing to see that somebody was actually thinking the way I was thinking, that we shouldn't be settling in a relationship for comfort, security, uh, validation. We should be seeking authenticity. I was like, I was amazed how just it, it hit close to home. So thank you for that. You are so welcome. And what a beautiful confirmation for you that you're evolving and up-leveling into true relationship to be vibrating and feeling and knowing life at that level. Right. That's powerful. And that's total confirmation that you are evolving and connecting to the field as oneness in truth. So that's very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely life-changing experience going through your program. I'm like, I think I got the Quanta Freedom uh, program and I'm halfway through it. And I... I, I cried so much, uh, and I revealed so much about myself, uh, things that I never even thought existed. And I had a, you know, I, my parents are amazing. I had a great childhood, um, but I revealed so much that uh, I had no idea. That is so fantastic. And I, and I think that's very confusing for people that really believe that they've had a great childhood because... Yeah. You know, like a lot of people out in the community have had terrible childhoods. There's no doubt about it. But even people with great childhoods, you know, if parents were caught up in survival and really couldn't do enough of that presencing and that mirroring and that unconditional love and really, really, you know, as children, we were very, very susceptible. We didn't have our own identity and we didn't know how to source our identity healthily. And unless we really had parents that had the time to give us and mirror that back to us, you know, our development was arrested. Yeah, yeah. They did the best yeah, they could, but but yeah. how could they have done a great job when so many of us have been in survival and having to just leave a survival? Yeah, mm. and uh, after you know, so so true. And after I showed. Uh, to my mom, uh, I'm 32, my mom is 52, so she's pretty young, and after I showed her 
what I was learning, she she was crying, and she's like, I'm sorry I didn't teach you this stuff. You should have been Aww. prepared to go into adulthood, into dating world, knowing all this stuff. And she didn't know any of this, that narcissists exist, existed until <laughs> her own, until she was 50. Yeah, exactly. And it certainly, and certainly wasn't her fault, you know. But I really feel for you, Eleanor. There's probably a really big, deeper purpose for you, you know. That's what I'm feeling intuitively. I think I think you've got a path that's... I think you're already getting a sense of this. This was meant to be for a particular reason. And you've got a big path that's opening up as a result of this. Yeah, yeah. And the way, actually, it was sort of strange, I don't know if strange is the right word, more like magical, the way I found you, I had one of the fallouts with my narcissist, and I got home, we were dating, we didn't live together, fortunately, but I got home totally destroyed, crying, and I just sat in front of my computer, I went to Google, and I typed in narcissist. I didn't even know what it was. I, mm. I knew of the word. I didn't know the exact mani- meaning of it. So I just typed in the word. And mm. I think one of the things, uh, the first thing that came up was one of your articles. And I began reading and reading and reading. I, stopped, I spent the whole night reading. And then mm. I got the course. And I was just shocked that that was it. That was exactly what yeah. I was feeling, all the symptoms, descriptions, everything was what I was experiencing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, and it was time. Ta- yeah. It was meant to happen. It, you know, the yeah. miracle. And that's what I just so love about the field. You know, when we, when we, it doesn't matter where you're at or what's going on in your life. If you just surrender and open your heart, the field says, okay, I'm, here's your next step. Here's your next step. You know? Yeah. And, I'm so glad it showed up for you because it was meant to show up for you. And I think, yeah, my, my gut feeling is that you're going, there's, you know, there's a big path opening up for you that's just really quite exciting. So, you know, I think you're going to have a, a bit to do with reform and changing things as well. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I just, I see my friends now going through things that are exactly they're dealing with narcissists and I, I can't believe that uh, that we don't know this stuff, we don't recognize this stuff because mm. we don't know what we're dealing with exactly well hopefully that can change a lot yeah, you know? I, I sure hope so because I wouldn't want to have, I don't have any kids yet but I wouldn't want my daughter to ever go through the experience you went through I, or I went through, my mother went through you know, because we didn't know Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, we are, we're in exciting times. We're in, and the beautiful thing is, you know, we can up-level now and we do have solutions now and, and uh, you know, there's a real, real beauty when you come out the other side, you know, and that's, um, you know, that's what I'm just so passionate about, helping co-create, <laughs> is, is that we can all do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what changed for me now is, as once I let go of my narcissist, I wake up with a grin on my face. Gorgeous. Beautiful. I wake up so happy. I don't even walk. I just j- jump up and down. <laughs> so and, and it's all thanks to you. So. <laughs> well, you did the work. We co-created together, and that you know the the powerful thing out of this is you found yourself. You know. Yeah. 
That was amazing. Really too. Happened. I did, like I said, I didn't even know the word existed. I just typed it in the Google. Mm. You know, but the the big powerful thing is that we all know, if we're really honest, that even before the narcissist, you know, we weren't we weren't anchored in our body. We weren't truly in our power. We weren't sourcing through ourselves. And that's yeah. the journey you're on now, and that's the difference. That's what's so, you know, huge when we start really. And you said you've dug deep, you've cried, you've found out things, you've up-leveled, you've claimed those emotions. You no longer self-avoided. You met yourself, and when you start meeting yourself is when you evolve yourself. And when you evolve yourself, you become yourself. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. That's, that's what is really powerful about this. The narcissist yeah. is only the catalyst to get there. Let's not yeah. give them too so, much yes, credit. Let's not give them too much credit, you know? Because yeah. They're, yeah. they're really only, they're just a piece in that puzzle. That's really all they are. Yeah. That's, at least they are good for something. <laughs> oh, they were, totally. Eleanor, thank you so much for calling in. I need to get back to this show, but it's just, I can't wait to meet you. It's going to be gorgeous. Yes, me too. I'll see you on Friday then. <laughs> Love you, darling. All right, well, you take right. care of me then. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. Okay, so that was just gorgeous, her calling in. So anybody else that wants to call in, by all means do, by all means do. Okay, so when talking about that test, I had peace around it and the peace really was because I'd, I'd anchored into the knowing with that gentleman that even though it was an incredible attraction that I felt and there were so many things lining up about it that just could have been the perfect partner for me, Absolutely, I knew that I could experience attraction at that level again because the field's unlimited and because that's my true intention with relationship is a spectacular relationship on those multiple levels. And for now, and maybe always, he's not available for a true relationship with me. So that was fine. Now, the next test was even more challenging and this was the really, really big test. So I hope you're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Because it was big. So, and this was really quickly after my profile was updated that this test came. Now, this was a man in his early 50s. He was available, very attractive, successful, spiritual. Communication wise, we had astounding compatibility. And he made his intentions very, very clear and very quickly that he was seeking a committed relationship with me. He was like, okay, well, you've got all the things lined up that I'm interested in. Now, this man was romancing me. He was mature. He was sophisticated. And it was heady. It was exciting. And it was very, very tempting. So I had three dates with him over a very short period of time. And I was investigating. And I told him I was investigating. Yet, there was something in my gut that just wasn't truly connecting. And this was it. This was my glass ceiling of the past. This is where I'd gone wrong in the past. This was specifically it. And this was where, even though I'm not really feeling it, you know, like I'm not really connecting to you, I could have easily have come up with all of the reasons in my mind why this guy is a real catch and because he's so keen on me 
that I could just go along with this and get into a relationship with him because on paper he's so right. Now, the first narc experience I had, I absolutely did fall head over heels in what we think is love with him at the time. I had enormous connection with him, despite there was ridiculously big glaring warning signs. I was really naive back then, and I was pretty reckless back then, so I ignored them. Now, the second narcissist, I didn't have that head over heels feeling. I didn't have that big connected chemical feeling. I really didn't. I'd ascertained him logically and I got fooled by the mirage, the on paper stuff, which was a mirage, and I fell for it despite not really feeling it. I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was, you know, spiritual. I thought, you know, all those sorts of things. Now... And also too, and I thought he was financially secure. Now, all of this was to do with my old security fears. This all, you know, you look really good and solid on paper. You've got it together. You're successful. You're, you're, you know, you're a nice guy, whatever. So here I was again with a man who seemed really accomplished, secure and successful. And it was actually in much more credible and solid ways than the previous narcs had been, who were sort of like loose entrepreneurs. He was highly intelligent and he was actually much more physically attractive and he had so much to offer, quote, unquote. So the old me would have ascertained him mentally, certainly would have thought he was a good catch and that my security and my safety could finally be assured. So it's that old DNA of the female, like, you know, oh my God, it's a struggle on my own. I'm scared on my own and I want a big strong man to come along and just pick me up and make it all really safe and secure for me. And, you know, the old me would have thought, oh God, I don't have to struggle anymore. My fears in life will be over. And the old me would have said yes to this, absolutely, and would have gone with it hoping that in time the feelings of hmm, I'm not really connecting with you would dissipate and it would grow. You know how like love and attraction can grow and all that sort of stuff. So here it was, the test with two big capital T's. Now I knew it because I'd got really clear about this before going into dating, that this was my Achilles heel This was something I had done. I'd made a huge mistake with it. I'd done enough inner work on myself, as Eleanor said. You know, I'd done the digging deep. I'd done the crying. I'd discovered so much about myself. I discovered where my weak links were, where my wounds were. I'd done a lot of work on them. So I knew that this was this. I absolutely knew it. And it was really, I chose to honor my gut, my head, my ego was trying to jump in and go, yeah, but he's so great. And my gut was going, no, there's something not right here. You're not this. So So I really honored that feeling. And I said no to him after three dates. I knew it and I said no. Now, he reacted to my decision and he got quite adamant about how I'd made such a big mistake and I wasn't going to find anyone else as good as him. And there's nobody out there dating like him and I. And, you know, we should be together and... And I had no idea how capable he was and what he could produce and what he could provide and all this sort of stuff. Now, he was arrogant, obviously. Now, I was turned off, obviously, because I've heard it all before. I've heard all of that stuff. And I was really thrilled. 
marveled how quickly life supplied me with the feedback that was the total confirmation that I was on the right track and just how accurate my gut feelings were, that he wasn't right. Then I stood my ground and then he sent me messages of devastation and deep ones of our connection and we're soulmates and songs and stuff. And I didn't waver. I didn't waver. Now the old me used to crumble and I'd go for that stuff. If a man would start poetically or romantically fighting for me, I would just cave in. I always used to cave in. Because that was an old wound. I used to feel like, who will ever love me that much? Who could ever love me like that again? With all those old limitation fears. Thank goodness I'm not that same woman anymore. And I can't tell you the empowerment I felt from passing that test. It was huge. The amount of confidence and joy and truth that I got. I graduated and it hasn't happened since. And it may, but it possibly doesn't even need to happen, that old pattern anymore, because I've passed the test. It was beautiful. So let's talk about the other dates. Now, those two tests were with older men, and since that last test, there's been nine other dates. It's been a constant stream of contact, lots of contact. And then what's happened is that I've whittled that down into people that I believe are could be compatible and right for me and these are people that I've emailed and spoken to and I've ascertained enough about them to meet up with them so that's nine out of lots of contacts now one of these is a man who's become a friend because I've been on several dates with him and it's really quite strange I haven't really worked all of this out yet and it's strange because there's a part of me sometimes thinks and feels that he could be my man and he's been under my nose for a while now, for a few months now. He actually turned up. I had a date with him before I'd updated my profile and then I've had dates since. But I'm not, I'm not sure. And I'm not quite sure why I'm not sure yet. What I do know about him is that he's a really sweet guy. He's kind. He's humble. He's attractive. He's smart. And I'm definitely attracted to him. He's a, he's a good-looking guy. And But I'm not sure if he's spiritual enough. We've had very different journeys. And maybe he's one of those people who emotionally is together without having to do oodles of self-development. Now, I was certainly not one of those people. And you may know people like this person, but uh, that wasn't my journey, but it could have been his. So I don't know whether I'm even meant to know yet. I don't think I am because I don't know yet. And time will tell on that one. But one thing I do 100% know for sure is that when I met him some months ago, I'm really happy that I didn't get into a relationship and that I have spent this time alone. That I was definitely meant to do because it's been such an incredible growth period in my life, the most powerful, in fact, ever. And I simply could not have done this much dedication to myself if I was in a relationship. And I'm thrilled to be single and to have had 14 months on my own, or it might be 15 by now, I'm not sure. So he and I talked just recently before I came to Australia about the him and I possibility. And we'll meet up after LA as long as neither of us are taken off the market by then. 
And, you know, we could really sit down and talk this through. And I know that could be very frank and very honest with him. He's, you know, he's a very authentic person. So that's interesting. No, I'll have to keep you updated on that one. Now, the other guys that I've been dating have been a variety of men ranging from 30 up to 55. And the 30-year-old guy was hilarious. That was so funny. And uh, he's a really successful guy, which is just quite amazing for somebody so young. He owns a company with branches in different states. That all checked out. That was credible. Uh, and when he contacted me, I was really quite fascinated First of all, why is the 30-year-old guy contacting a 47-year-old woman? And, and also, too, on his credentials and what he's achieved in life. And um, it's fascinating to me because my own son's 24 and he's really becoming very entrepreneurial. And, yeah, so it was interesting. So I decided I wanted to meet him because I thought it would be a great experience to date and meet somebody this young and who he was. So we started communicating about meeting up and... I told him that a Tuesday or a Thursday night, the following week, I'd be free to meet. And I didn't hear back from him, which was fine, because I was in communication with other people as well at the same time. And then the Tuesday night, he texted me at 9 p.m. and wanted to meet that night. And I told him it was too late notice. I wasn't going to jump at that. So he reacted really badly and rudely. So that was clearly and easily the end of that. There was no need to engage any further. And I told him and... Um, just said, look, I'm not interested in meeting anymore. And that was, that was that. Deleted his number and off I went. Now, the other guys, they've ranged from spiritual to non-spiritual. And the most spiritual, in fact, was a guy that was way too scattered and irresponsible. But he was a lovely chap and he'd make a lovely guy for somebody else. And the least spiritual guy was a merchant banker. And that was really interesting too. And they've all been really nice guys. I've had really lovely lunches and dinners and I've had wonderful conversation, but just not quite that special connection, apart from one other guy. And it's quite so funny doing this radio show and article because um, some of these guys will probably, they know me and they know my stuff and they'll probably read it and listen to it. Now, obviously, I'm not saying names, but uh, for any of you guys, you'll know who you are. So this one other guy, he's in his late 30s, and from the moment we met, he really rattled my cage. This was really interesting. I'd put it in the category of another test, actually. He's, um, he's very smart. Now, he's an incredibly great questioner, and it was subtle but probing, and I know I'm a little bit sensitive to that, and in fact, so much that my nakda was up. Now, this is what's really a little tricky for us after being narcissistically abused is we can get a little bit confused about is this me being oversensitive or am I really sensing something here? And and I'll tell you, this was a little confusing for me. Now, this guy also had incredible blue eyes, which I'm a bit of a sucker for, and very attractive. And he wasn't displaying that arrogance, which is the narcissistic insecurity, but he had enough skills, enough communication skills to make me wary. So definite, definite danger zone. Now, what was also unnerving was the incredibly compatible conversation and the feelings of connection I have with this guy. 
And after dinner, we ended up for a walk down the beach because we were on a restaurant at the beach and it was a hot night and we rolled up our trousers and we were paddling in the water. And before I knew it, he had me in his arms in the waves, very romantic, and boy did I feel it. So ooh la la, yes, I am human. Absolutely I am. And I totally admit it confused me. And I kissed him that night by the car and that was quite nice. And I had to get away. I knew I had to get away. I certainly wasn't going to go any further, that's for sure. And I was feeling fluttery, like I was feeling like a teenager, big time. Now, what happened next was really different with him. The normal love bombing didn't happen, which I took that as a really good sign because my pattern had been any sort of connection, love bombing would start. But Still, my jury was out and I hadn't made a big decision or any decision on it because I didn't know enough about him yet and I'm certainly not going to jump straight into anything without really getting to know somebody. Now, he could be a great guy who's confident and charismatic and super smart and really good at reading people and, and asking questions and actually his line of work, he has a couple of businesses and I can understand exactly you know, why he would be skilled at that level. Or maybe he's just not right for me for other reasons. Now, what transpired was I did have some contact with him and then I had none. And I was fine with that, the fact that, you know, he stopped contacting. And I'm actually uninspired when men don't show up. I lose interest. So it was really simple to keep dating and not even worry about his contact or not. In fact, I completely forgot about him after a week and a half. And I'd completely let go because I have now this complete and utter faith that life God's source is looking after me beautifully. If something, doesn't, if something doesn't come together, it's because it's not meant to come together. And then he contacted again and stated he'd been really busy and he had you know, lots of stuff on with work and whatever. So I decided it was worth another look to have another date with him, but then he broke that date for a work issue and again, I was uninspired. In fact, I was so uninspired that if that happens again with him, I'll just bow out and I'll just say to him that, you know, this isn't the dating experience I'm looking for. So that's fine. So he contacted me wishing me the best for my trip um, and as did the other gentleman who's my friend that I'm not quite sure about yet. And they both contacted me, which was lovely, and wished me all the best before I left Australia. So that's exactly where I'm presently at. So when we look at the journey, truly, I am loving this journey and this part of my life now. And, you know, right here, right now, I'm here in LA. I'm having the most incredible meetings. I'm doing the most incredible things. And the magic that is happening in my life regarding personal growth and the growth of my business and this mission is an unprecedented shift upwards from life as I used to know it. I am operating now way outside my previous inner identity. And that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to break through comfort zones and I wanted to expand out and be all that I can be. That's my orientation. And I'm meeting people and I'm doing things that I only used to previously dream about. They didn't feel like that's not Melanie's life. Now it's becoming Melanie's life. And I'm open to the field and I'm saying yes to all of it. And it's just, I had a meeting this morning that was just so about that, that blew me away. 
it's just it's words can't describe how beautiful this all is because I've never felt more whole confident inspired and truly me in my entire life so therefore the man that does end up being my ultimate partner he's not going to be my identity I'm my identity and the man in my life will be somebody who also has his own identity and he and I can then share a life together so that's the orientation and the intention and that's what I'm standing for and that's what I'm generating and truly I'm having such a wonderful time I'm so grateful for all the growth and the opportunities and the learning along the way. Plus, life is so much fun at this level. So let's see if a part three comes or not, or maybe it will later. And yes, ultimately what will happen, you know how authentic and open I am about all of this, but you know, what will more than likely happen is when I start seeing somebody is that you know, the, uh, the, the early foundational stages of the relationship will need a little bit of privacy. That's only being respectful. And then uh, I can come out about it after that, the poor guy, whoever that will be, but uh, with a whole community watching him. But um, I just, look, my biggest intention with all of this is that I can really help you orientate in your life going forward into the field, into life, into creating and generating a relationship in a really healthy, empowered, solid, mature way. You know, where you can really, really welcome those tests and you can really up-level and you can self-reflect and you can do the growth and the development that you need to do to end up having a great life individually and a, and a beautiful, great relationship, a spectacular relationship that's really true for who you are. That's what this is all about. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. It'll be coming out in a blog article tomorrow once my gorgeous son back in Australia gets uh, onto this and, and produces it and puts it together. So, um, And for the people that I'm going to be meeting in the community over the weekend, I can't wait. It's just going to be so, so exciting. And what's going to be lovely too is we're going to be doing a little bit of footage of us all together for the people that are happy to be on camera so that we can share that joy with the community too. And uh, I love you all so much. So that's it for me and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye and lots of love.